My name is Mary Angela Abeo, but you can call me M. And this is the Face to Faces podcast. This is a conversation series that provides a platform for the queer, transgender, black, brown, and indigenous communities in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, pop culture, arts and entertainment, and community, basically all of the things I love to talk about. And in this space, we have everyday conversations that reflect the world as it changes in all of our lives. My goal for this space is to remind you that while you may have moments that you feel isolated and alone, there is always an incredible community here that is safe. We all connect to each other at our greatest joys and our deepest pains. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything that comes in between. I am so glad you're here. Please take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. All right, we are here for this special segment um, about starting the journey as being transgender and my journey and also how to help your friends and family who might be questioning their gender. And we are here with my dear friends, um, August and MB, who uh, you might have seen before on my social media and I've talked about them in my journey. Um, And I wanted to talk to you all because you're really kind of, I call you like the catalyst of me coming out. I had been kind of struggling for a, a year openly and a few years before that. Um, trying to figure out. And then one fail, faded day, I got a message from August that was, I felt so seen. And I'm wondering, I would love to chat with you two about like what you saw, <laughs> because I, I don't know now looking back what you saw, but I want to be able to see that in other people and pay it forward and help. And I think that's what this episode is about, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. It's really fun to talk to you about this because it was such a delight for me to be a part of this process. Um, yeah, so when I when I reached out, I mean, I remember, you know, I, I it's like I was just flipping through your stories and I, I honestly don't even remember what it was that you posted, but it was something that felt to me like someone just sort of screaming from the ether being like, I need to be seen in a certain way and I'm trying to make space for myself in this, but I feel so insecure about it. And I feel like there, you know, there isn't really, you know, I'm, I'm desperately trying to, to find myself some, somewhere inside of this, this queer, you know, trans space, but I don't quite know how, like that's, that's what it, it, it looked like to me. And, uh, you know, I, I was there so recently and it, I just recognized that. And for me, you know, it just meant so much for, for someone to, to feel like they saw me and acknowledged what I was going through and that it wasn't just something that I was making up maybe, or something that wasn't valid. And so I just, I mean, my heart just went out to you. I was just like, I need to make some space for this person to kind of talk about this and I'm happy to do it. I've known you for a long time and uh, I just know what a cool and wonderful and layered person you are. And I was just like, let's, explore this part. I want to be, you know, I just want to show up for you if I can. And such a Leo quality as well. It was like, just like, here's my heart here. How, how can it help? <laughs> and it's such, and it's such a vulnerable thing because like you said, you've gone through it. How, how long how, has it been since you've officially come out? Uh, about three and a half years. So next month, um, yeah, I'm just about a month. I'll have been three years on testosterone. And wow. then 
the previous six months, I, I'd been out as non-binary, but I hadn't started hormones. And then, you know, yeah, about three years ago, started those. You had some some time there. And MB, you knew me as well. And, you know, we had connected on this Capricorn level. Mm-hmm. I had always felt like you had been such, you were, you two are such a great team, A. But also, like, you had also seen me on so many levels. Yeah. I'm just, it's so funny because I didn't think I was being that transparent. <laughs> <laughs> when you two came out to, came to me I was just kind of like wait what are they seeing and I was fascinated but I was also so touched because I feel like um there's a lot of gatekeeping and there's a lot of judgment in the queer community and the trans community around this and mm-hmm. so for me I didn't feel like I was non-binary and I didn't feel like I was in any trans binary either. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that there was a, tra- I didn't know what it was. And I used to tell people I'm really a gay man inside. And then I would say, but also I have this fa- like, I just would have these terms and I didn't know. And so I kind of, when you came to me, I remember thinking, Oh, we're not going to get it. Like, I, I feel like this, I don't fit into this space. And mm-hmm. you were so loving. You were like, here's a website. I don't even remember what website you gave me, but there were like a list of terms. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I I remember specifically talking, you know, in a follow-up conversation, I think we met on FaceTime because it was the pandemic and we were, we were talking, you were describing your internal experience. And I remember just being like, this sounds like the bi-gender identity. So I was like, I, I remember very, yeah, very clearly being like, okay, M, um, grab your phone, look up, by gender and like just google it and t- tell me what you think does it resonate and you were like oh my god this resonates i was shocked that something like that existed i was like oh, this is what i've been looking for because i feel like so often in the non-binary space it's i don't want to be associated with any of the any binary any terms and i almost felt the polar opposite i was yeah. like i want them i want there are some days that I am all one or all another or all none. And I want to be able to feel that and express that. And I want to rock that. And I really didn't feel validated. And I feel like the inquiries that I had done as a pretty insecure person in the queer and trans community had been met with a lot of judgment. I am so curious to hear both of your experiences around the judgment in the trans and queer community around coming out and transitioning because I have found it's almost more difficult than the straight community. Yes, that is so real. I had so much more pushback from all of my queer, uh, you know, queer acquaintances and friends about me starting hormones and and claiming a Mm -hmm. non-binary identity than I did from any straight person, you know, pr- pretty much, yeah. you know, apart from the super bigoted ones, but you know, just like that, your average straight person, they were like, okay, they're like, cool. wow. Okay. This makes sense for you. Yeah. And you know, whatever, or, you know, maybe I don't understand, but I, but I support you. Whereas queer folks that I knew were like, you know, you're leaving us behind, you know, just like, right. Yeah, I, thought- I, th- I thought we were the same, yeah. you know, um, just this, uh, yeah, this this idea of non-binary and trans people taking away women-only spaces, you know, there's that that is like a, a, a whole turf. That's one of the, yeah. the turf narratives, you know. Oh. And I'm like, uh, it's straight people who are doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not trans and and non-binary people who are taking away women women-only spaces. Right. That's insane. Like, why would you blame someone who is more oppressed than you? 
how, how, how can you? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Zero, so, zero. Yeah, that's, that's my experience. Um, uh, not to mention like uh, in the online community. I mean, Instagram folks love to police. You know, what? You're non-binary, but you're taking hormones? You know, that, then you're not non-binary. Then you're a binary trans person. Then, then you're, you're just a trans man. You can't be non-binary, you know. Or if you're non-binary and you're taking hormones, then you'd better be taking a low dose. You'd better not be taking a regular dose. Really? <gasps> yeah. Wow. And yeah, just a lot of, and that was confusing for me because I'm a non-binary, binary, my internal experience is non-binary and my preferred gender, you know, uh, presentation is masculine. I want to look like a dude. I want people, I want strangers to think that I'm a dude. And if you actually know me well, it's important for you to understand that I'm non-binary, but I don't need everybody to see that. So yeah, it just like, it took me a long time of breaking down the things that I, I was reading and hearing in the community to be like, no, I'm valid. I can be non-binary and have a medical transition and all of that's totally fine. And the, the imposter syndrome. And then also the, you know, people say like the surgery, any medical transition or gender affirming surgeries are so gatekeeped and so judged whether you get them or you don't, either way, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's infuriating to me. Um, I've been asked so many times if I'm going to get top surgery since mm -hmm. I'm taking testosterone now. And I'm like, A, what is that your business? And B, why is that the follow-up question? Why are we going there? Why, 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 why? Um, I think what, what, what I would love the listeners to know is how lovely you were when I decided to start testosterone because I was terrified. We had lunch and we sat on after lunch, we sat down at the park and I have repeated this to a few people. This was only six weeks ago. <laughs> um, I sat down to repeat to people and told them at the very end of the conversation, August and MB just gave me this list of supplements and things to do to help that basically August, if I understand it correctly, you started after you started tea because you kind of realized that you needed some, some supplements to, for the changes in your body, right? You're, you're not. I mean, yeah. Testosterone is intense. You inject it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those substances that like the government has to track, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. It, so anyway, it's intense. It's no joke. And it's changing your body in some really uh, intense ways, right? So, uh, you know, it impacts your blood pressure. It, it impacts your, your hair. Uh, it impacts your mood, you know, your mental health and all of these things. You just need to really be sure that you're looking out for your body and supporting it through the, through, through the treatment. It's, it's so important, especially in the first, you know, few years when you're really in the like puberty. Right. Time zone that's like the time when you really i mean your body's just changing so much you really need to support it and make sure it's getting what it needs and those that list has been monumental for me i remember i literally i pretty much started every supplement that you told me to start the day i started tea because i was like i'm going to do this yeah. you told me to do push-ups i have not i've done a few <laughs> i'm just not good at it yet um I'm, I'm i i just don't have the arm strength yet i'm trying i'm trying we're gonna do it we're gonna get there okay there um but that has been so helpful but i remember still feeling so terrified because i think the fear is the changes are not going to help the changes are not going to make me feel good the changes are going to make me feel worse 
I'm so scared. All of those thoughts. And I remember sitting on that astro turf with you and um, saying that. And you said something to me that I have said to people just starting to in the last month still. Like, is there a small part of you that mm-hmm. thinks or knows you're going to be hot as fuck? Yes. <laughs> and that 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 person inside of you that is going to be set free is going to be gorgeous and amazing. And I looked at August and was like, yeah, I think <laughs> there is somebody in there. And you were like, focus on that. Focus on that. And that out of everything you told me was something that I held on to the hardest because I was like, he's in there. Like <laughs> yeah. that person is in there. They're in there. And I, I, um, I think we all need to remember that that part of us can, no matter what changes happen, because listen, there's some changes that have been a little, a little off putting, like my aggression has been a little more than I thought. Um, Definitely some acne happening, like on the neck, like all of these things kind of changes I can feel. Um, And it's like, okay, but is it, is it helping my mental health? Do I feel hotter? Do I feel like I have more confidence? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's everything you said it was be, would be and more. Awesome. And um, I just, I would love to know what advice you have for people that might have somebody in their life that they can tell is struggling or maybe having some gender identity issues and want to explore, but might be scared. If you're a family member, if you're a friend, how do you see that? And what is the best way to reach out? That's not attacking. That's not outing someone. You know what I mean? I think it's really, it's, we have to be very careful. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're at a place where you're, you know, where you see them, maybe you see them, maybe struggling something when maybe post, I mean, just like you did just maybe posting some stuff about trans issues or, you know, like for example, before I came out as a lesbian back in the day, all my friends were lesbians. I was hanging out at the Rose. I was, you know, and, and you know, there, there were signs, right? I, and I was like, I'm not queer. No, this is just who my friends are. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if someone's posting a lot of stuff about gender or, um, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that's a sign. But certainly I, I would say the, the primary thing that I needed to hear and that I would always want people who are in this space to hear is there, there is room for you to explore. It is valid for you to explore. You can stop performing for other people if you need to, to have space to explore this. You deserve it. Anything that you think is keeping you from doing this, find a way to, you know, offset that in some way. You know, it's just, I, you, this may mean, exploring this may mean putting aside something else, putting aside some obligations that you feel you have to other people. And part of the journey for me was, was getting to that place where I was okay with putting attention on myself and, and rather than performing for other people. That was, I mean, that was a major, a major thing for me. So yeah, just encouraging them that you don't need to perform in this. You don't need to perform for, for me. Like there's room for you to explore and I want to support you and build out space for that and be someone for you to bounce this off of or help connect you to resources or, you know, that kind of thing. But really it's, it's the encouragement of this is okay. I see that maybe you're thinking about this and this is okay. And I, I, I celebrate it. 
don't need to perform for people. I love that. That's so important because so many of us do. And we have these masks for work and for family and all of that. But once you take that off, once you stop and the testosterone does help a little bit with how many fucks you give is what I'm really doing. Oh, it's done wonders for me. I was having an argument with someone the other day and I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to actually go. And they were like, what? We're in the middle of, no, it's not serving me anymore. I'm actually going to, I would have never done that a year ago. Like, bye. I'm not, you know. Um, So yeah, I I think that I I just, um, I appreciate you both in my life so much and for everything that you've done. And um, when the facial hair starts, we are going to have a beard party. It's going to oh, happen. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a whole beard party. Um, thank you for doing this segment and for um, just being a real part of the community that is um, helping lift up people rather than um, put them in boxes. I feel like it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of something that I think we try to do because when, when August was going through this journey, like, so many people, you could just see people close off and close down. And we're like, no, no, we're opening. Like we're opening ourselves to you and August is opening and this can be an opening. And so I think that's something, an energy that we try to bring to people is that open openness, right? This doesn't have to be a closed thing. This doesn't have to be scary. And we can, we can all hold each other and, and be really curious and open. So yeah, we're happy to 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 do that it means that person is is going to be able to access something more deeply authentic about themselves Mm -hmm. why would you not want that for your loved one or for your friend ever ever why why like just to make you comfortable i'm sorry it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah imagine how much bigger they're going to be able to love you when they can love themselves yes Yes. that's that's exactly it that's it and that's what i'm feeling now i'm like oh i'm able to really love people because i'm feeling fuller and more Mm -hmm in touch with myself. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's been really, really cool to be a part of your experience so far. And I just can't wait to see as it progresses. And yeah, it's, it's been a delight. Yeah. Like I said, Aww. well, thank you all for being here and thank you for doing this segment with me. Of course. Of course. All right. Now we are joined by my dear friend, Nina, who is coming to us from Atlanta, Georgia. Nina is a, Face in the Faces of Fortitude project. Nina uses she, her pronouns. And Nina was one of the first people to really see my gender and give me words for it at a time where I didn't really have words around it. Thanks for being here, Nina. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Miss you so much. I know. So much. I know. Well, I want to talk about that day. Do you remember? Because I, I have told this story, Nina, so many times because no one really understood my gender because I didn't feel non-binary. I didn't feel trans mask. I didn't feel trans femme. I felt something else. I felt dual and I didn't know what it was. And that day mm-hmm. you saw me in a way that nobody else saw me. And I remember being very femmed out because it was LA and it was my first shoot in LA. I remember thinking I had to be a little bit more glam than usual. So I was like leather heels, like glitz glam. And you sat across from me And I remember you just kind of staring into my soul as I talked. And I was like, they're intense. What's happening? Do you remember that? Yeah. 
I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Um, yes, I do. I do uh, remember it because what happens when people actually allow me to see them is they like open up just a little bit energetically so that I can like see the true essence, the true spirit. And that's what you allowed me to do because you create um, you created at the time you still create, you create such safe and sacred spaces um, during those interviews for people to be themselves in order for us to, you know, be able to show up in that way you first have to do it. So that's what you were doing. You were allowing me to see into you. And yeah, it was a, it was a inverted mirror reflection because you were this girl boy. And the only way I was able to see that is because I consider myself a boy girl because I, I am masculine presenting, um, yet I'm very, still very soft, um, especially in like intimate settings and intimate relationships. And, you know, yeah, I have you always seen that. With me? Yeah, you were very much glammed out. Um, but I, 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 you know, I see the, the true, I see who people truly are. And I saw who you truly were right then in that moment, even though you weren't allowing yourself to be. Yeah, I you you looked at me and you said, I see you. And I was like, uh, excuse me. And you were like, I see you. You're a girl boy. And I know because I'm a boy girl. And I was like, I was fascinated immediately because I've always said, I feel like I've got this like man like side of me. And I just don't know. And I never had words for it. And so when you said you're a girl boy, you and I was like, please explain. I'm fascinated. And you were like, you're, you know, I I present very masculine, but I have this very soft side to me. And you, I feel like it's the same. And I, from that day on is when I really started thinking about it and pre tr presenting it to myself, trying to find words around it. And, and what I didn't realize is that moment you were kind of telling me I was bi gender without me knowing, having words around it. I didn't have a definition for it at that point. Mm. A year, yeah. two years later. So there's also an aspect of um, energy around it, right? The masculine feminine energy, not masculine in a man or, or feminine in a female way. It's more so of the force and the flow energy and, what you were presenting on the outside was this like feminine version, but on the inside, you, you carried this masculine energy about you and you weren't really necessarily using it as a force versus the, probably the, probably at that time, the only people who knew that version of you were very like intimate version, like intimate people, people who you felt safe enough to show that yet, because what people tend to do is they, they don't show the true, their true selves to everybody if they're not yet comfortable and they don't really know who they are. Right. So you don't have that balance of the yin and yang yet. You pretty much had your yin on the outside and your yang on the inside, mm -hmm. you know? So now you're your most, uh, I feel you're the most authentic version of yourself because you allow yourself to just flow and be who you are, whether it's in your yang version or your yin version. I love that visual of it. That's a very different visual. I feel like I am freer to flow. And it's great because you and I are the kind, I don't have a lot of friends like this, but I have friends that we will have a bunch of space and then we pick up where we leave off and there's not, there's not resentment. There's not weirdness. It's just like, Hey, we've been living our lives. Oh my God, you're doing this now, this now, this now. And so it's, I like it when I can connect with friends like that, that fucking get it. And it's great because that space yeah. allows you to see this, these changes and me to see changes in you. And we're kind of evolving in front of each other, which is really great. But you're also. Yeah, just allow. Sorry. 
No, you're, you're intuitive. Yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. I'm intuitive as fuck. And it's, I love our, I love the friendship that we have because we've allowed each other to like evolve. Right. And, and then we come back as if nothing has ever happened. And it's just the, and we just pick up how we left off. And I think that comes with like being able not to have, it's, it's a non-attachment. It's not an attachment. And it's like the most loving form of how a relationship can be because you don't have these expectations of somebody like constantly being there and just being allowing them to flow. How many times have we text each other and be like, we need to catch up. We need to catch up. What's your schedule? Like we need to catch up. And it's just like divine timing M. divine timing. It's going to happen when it happens. And it always happens right on time. Yes, so. I agree. I agree. I, I think that um, you were a catalyst and I don't think you know this, but you were a catalyst for me feeling safe to start thinking in those spaces um, because I didn't really think I fit there. I, I felt like an imposter in many ways, um, even as a queer, because I had one partner that was cis male. I felt imposter in that way. And um, so you really helped make me feel safe. And what I want to talk about in this episode and, and what I'm asking everybody that I'm interviewing in my close circle around this is, you know, we have more language around this now. We have more language around gender, around gender discovery than we did 10 years ago. And, you know, how did you know to talk to me about this, to say it, that it was safe? Like if people have somebody in their life that is making these gender comments, questions, curiosities, how can you show them in a safe way? What are your suggestions? Because you are intuitive to be there for someone without outing them, without being, you know, pointed or accusatory. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Em, I took a really big risk saying what I said to you. Um, and I didn't even think about the consequences, didn't even think about, oh, would they take it personally? Um, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to answer that question because I'm, I'm kind of the, that type of person. But we were also in a very like sacred one-on-one -on -one setting. It was a very private setting. I don't think I would have had. No, I probably would have said it. I probably would have said that at a restaurant with you. I probably would have. It's just who I am. But I also um, intuitively just knew I could, if that made sense. I just knew, uh, I think our souls kind of spoke to each other. Our spirits kind of spoke to each other and it was a very easy conversation. Um, so I think intuitively, if there are other intuitives out there who want to start that conversation with someone, um, make sure you're following your intuition on it, you know, make sure it doesn't feel forced, make sure it feels right. Make sure that you're, you know, being spirit led and not ego led mm -hmm. because it is, a still you know it's a sacred conversation to have right who you are on the inside and who you are authentically if you have not had the compassion with yourself to have that conversation and to like love on that mm -hmm. um doesn't mean that somebody else has the okay and green light to have that conversation with another if they're not able to receive it right because if someone can't receive a conversation then it's just not going to be heard so intuitively definitely trust your intuition and make sure it's you know it, it's right well i want to thank you for for taking that risk that day because i think that it's been a huge it, it's been a marker for me it's it's the literally the name of chapter 12 in my memoir it's called i see you you're a girl boy 
And um, you're talked about in there because it was the moment that I was like, this is possible. Is that even a thing? Is this possible? I didn't have language around it. And you, you started the conversation with myself in my head that day. And um, I, I want to thank you for always being there and for being supportive and for coming here today and talking about this. Ditto, ditto. You have, you've been a huge change agent in my life and I'm very thankful for our friendship. Thankful for you. So I know this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So <laughs> yeah. I love you. I can't wait to come out to Seattle. It'll be so much fun. Me too. It'll be a good time. Okay, I am here with my dear friend, Marlo Phillips, who is coming to us from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where I used to live with my partner, Ryan. And uh, Marlo lives like five. We just realized Marlo lives like five blocks from where we used to live, which is wild in old Louisville. And um, yes, it's so wild. And Marlo has been uh, one of the very close knit friends that has been really helpful during my journey my as a baby trans person but also just navigating my way through testosterone specifically and so I wanted to interview you and talk to you a little bit about how you've helped me what you saw in me that you felt like I needed some some guidance some help and then also how people can recognize that in their friends and family that might be questioning and how they can properly show up because I don't think people know how to show up. I think we get a lot of people going, oh, you're acting different. You're dressing different. You sound different, but they don't know the right questions to ask. So I know you and I first met around uh, the holidays last year. And, um, you know, we talked about me coming out, me being by gender, you being, I might also add Marlo is a trans guy who just got top surgery almost a month ago, looking amazing. <laughs> And, um, and has been on testosterone how long? Uh, two and a half years now. Yeah. Okay. So you had some experience, but I really wasn't, when we first started talking, I had, I had talked about it a little bit, very little, um, but not very much, just more about my gender. Um, and then I started um, kind of doing some, I don't know if it was questioning or just talking and using filters and kind of exploring a little bit and you were really helpful because I feel like you saw me, you said things to me. Yeah. You remember those moments? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, there was, uh, I remember I was sitting outside on my stoop one day and you were kind of fiddling with the idea of maybe going on testosterone or like, um, like we were talking about a little bit before this, you using that Aries moon filter and everything like on, on TikTok. And the question that I kind of raised to you was what makes you like, what allows you to feel so like kind of powerful or like at home in that filter, because you were starting to use it a whole lot more than what you normally did. And so in that case, those conversations that we, I mean, there are multiple conversations that we had surrounding that, uh, surrounding gender in general, uh, gender in general, but it was, it was there was a one moment that I remember specifically where we were talking about that Aries filter or that Aries moon filter that you used. And, um, it was, <laughs> it was, why do you, why do you feel so powerful? Why does this do this for you, et cetera. And you were like, I just, I feel like <laughs> you said something along the lines of, I feel like this is just 
part of who I am. Like, this is just who I want to be or like something that maybe could happen in the future. And then that's when the conversation like kind of started rolling out. This is the first time that we ever had, but not, I wouldn't say any conversation about gender, but this was the first time that we really kind of started unloading why you were feeling these feelings and uh, possibly like even for myself, like why I chose to do this myself or this is who I am, et cetera. And yeah, it was like a two, we had ended up having like a two hour conversation. Like I think that I got sunburnt on the top of my knees <laughs> because we just started talking about it. And uh, I think what it came down to was, I think that <laughs> I'm trying to like gather my words and like my, and my emotions right now in this, but it's, it's the questioning of why, um, why you felt at home using just that filter and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. If, no, I think I that's know. perfect. And, and I, I remember asking you, like, because I was like, will testosterone do that for me? And I remember starting to ask you questions like very absolutes. And you were like, listen, there's no way for us to know, but this is Absolutely. what it's done for me. And so I, I felt like every person in my life, whether it was August and MB who really helped me come out, helped me find words for it. Shy as a partner, helping me with shots and like really giving me some context around things since they've been on testosterone for almost a year. And so I had that immediate loving help. And with you, I was able to kind of go, I'm really feeling scared about all of these things. And so I was able to bring a lot of my fears to you. And I remember, I remember, I mean, it's been, I just took, you know, I'm getting ready to take shot number seven tomorrow. So seven weeks wild. Right. But I remember talking to you even a week or so before I started thinking, is this the right thing, Marlo? I'm second guessing, like, this is going to cost me a lot of money, like a money that I don't have. Should I be doing this? Even the day of when I found out it was going to cost more, I called you panicking and I almost walked out of that office and you were, you gave me the best fucking plant analogy. Do you remember that? Uh, it was something along, I think it was something along the lines of, um, like you plant a seed or like you're a seed that needs to be planted or you're planting your seed and you will blossom into something that's beautiful. Or this is, this is you blossoming right here or, uh, probably something along the lines of needing to water yourself as well. I remember that being like a full ass fucking paragraph of yeah. an analogy. And I like, I, I even just still use that on myself, but I use it. I used it so specifically towards you because I know that you connect with plants and you connect with nature so well that I was like, I feel like the only way to get across that this is going to be okay and everything is going to work out is to use this plant analogy with you to be able to um, express that this is, this is just the beginning. Like this is just the beginning. So I, yeah, all of that happened. And then I texted you again when I found out how expensive the testosterone was before the good RX coupon. And then you told me this is like buying the best pot that you've seen for repotting. You need it. And I was yeah. like, oh, yes. Oh man. I remember that. I, I think that it was, this is because I, I think that I had just gone to the plant shop like two yeah. days before this yeah. too. And I always, I always walk past, uh, we have this place here in Louisville called Forage and I walk past and they have like these glass windows up front and I, I walk past it almost like every day. 
And there's this pot in the window that you just, that I've just always loved. And I thought that it was beautiful. And it's like, you finally stopped. It's like, you finally stopped in the store and you said, you know what? No, I'm doing this for myself. I'm going to give myself this self love today. And for a while, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to do this for myself. So that's exactly what it is. It's like buying, in my opinion, it's like buying something for yourself that you know is going to benefit you. Can, can you return it if you want to? Absolutely. You can like, there's no, there's nothing that's keeping you attached to that pot if you don't want it anymore. Right. Right. So when you were, you know, I think that it's important to note that, you know, we've never met in real life, (laughs) Um, but we've met, you know, we've gotten very close as friends over the, the almost, you know, six to eight months. And you recognize something in me and, and became that support. And I think that there, we're in an age now that there are words, there are words around gender. There are words around this journey that there weren't 10 years ago. So people are feeling more comfortable coming out and exploring. And so, you know, as somebody that is a friend, as somebody that does a lot online, because I think a lot of us communicate online now, um, what would you suggest for people that might have a friend or a family member that they can tell is doing some of these things that makes you think maybe they are? And instead of outing them, instead of saying, maybe you're transgender, you know, how can you gently see people? support them and be there like as a friend as somebody who is trans it means so much more that you're supporting me rather than somebody that is you know cis and just trying to be there for me does that make sense yeah absolutely it does uh in my opinion what i would i always think about what i would have wanted uh whenever i was first coming out or whenever i was first discovering who i was it's it's almost like i wanted i wanted to be recognized and i needed somebody to be like it's okay it's okay. Um, so I always think about my own experience and what's going on. So for, for me, if somebody were to, if somebody were to recognize, Hey, um, this person is starting to kind of like gender bend a little bit. Right. Or they're like, they're experimenting with either new clothes, maybe even like changing their voice a little bit. If they're experimenting with, um, um, uh, what, like if you, if you can, if you, they're showing you videos of like transgender people or non-binary people or people that are in the queer community say that they're just as let's quote unquote, say that they started out just as a straight person, right? Mm -hmm. A straight cis person. Uh, They're showing you this material. They're connecting. They're starting conversations with you about like, Oh yeah. Like let's go to a gay bar or whatnot, or let's go to this, that, or the other. Um, I think that it's really important to just listen and watch yourself and then be able to recognize that maybe within yourself and um, pull them off to the side, maybe not like in a weird way, but something that's, um, or go get coffee with this person, sit down with them and be like, Hey, like what, what are your thoughts around gender? What are your thoughts around uh, transgender people? What are your thoughts about non-binary people? Have you thought about, um, have you thought about who you're attracted to, whatnot, yada, yada. And I, in my opinion, keep it very open. I wouldn't target them. I would never target somebody. I wouldn't be like, are you trans? Right. Because that's just, that would close them off immediately. But being able to just open that conversation, don't press anybody about it because they're not going to tell you. 
they're not going to feel comfortable if you're pressing them. But if you just sit and you create the space to open up, then they'll, I feel like that will make them feel more comfortable to come to you either in that moment or at a later date, right. whenever they feel comfortable doing so. Um, but recognize, I, I, I actually enjoy having this talk even with my best friend, Ariel. Um, I enjoy having conversations about gender with them all the time. Like, and I've known them for several years but everyone is constantly changing and evolving and learning about themselves. So having, being able to open up that space and have that safe space to be able to talk and to express to somebody that's close to you, that's really important. Even with you, I, I talk about gender with you all the time because I think that it's important. Well, and, and, I, people- and I, I feel like um, I only have a very small group of friends that I can share trans wins with. And I think that that's the little euphoric moments, the little moments that people feel in their gender journey aren't really accepted, not accepted. That's not the right word. They're not really acknowledged as special moments by the outside world. Absolutely. Because they don't, they don't understand. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I can send you a picture of a reflection of myself in a mirror and say, oh my God, the euphoria is huge. And you are like, yes, M. I think that that would, I think that that's actually like before, that's before you decided, or yeah. I mean, you may have been thinking about taking testosterone before that and I, and it just wasn't brought up to me or whatnot, but it was, it was kind of in that moment where I was like, this was a really important moment for you. Right. You felt very euphoric and, and who you were as a person. It, it just kind of, I think the dots started connecting at that point where I was like, from the the dressing room when I went and got fitted for the, the, exactly the the new year's Eve clothes. Remember I was like, right. And the people at the end store were so nice. They weren't like questioning or weird or transphobic. Like, Hey, these, I remember them saying these vests aren't built for everybody. So let's fix it in the back. So it it fits you. Right. And I was like, yeah, I love you. And it's, and that's, if you are, if you are in the service industry or if you work with people who are, who are trying on clothes, et cetera, actually just in general, don't assume anybody's gender, but especially in that world, it is so, so, so important to recognize that (laughs) the binary doesn't exist, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, I, I just think that that was a really, really, really special moment for you in general and for me because I'm like, okay, cool. There are people out there or there are spaces that I could go that I don't have to explain myself and it's not like this huge bubble. It's not just like this huge, massive question mark, right? right? right. So I think that that's, that's super important. And yes, <laughs> oh, well, I think you've been you've been a really good example of a friend and how somebody shows up and how we can pay it forward in the trans community because like you don't know how many times I've given your advice, advice that Shy's given me, advice that August has given me to people coming into my lives or talking to me about, hey, I've been thinking about starting tea and I've been watching the beginning of your journey and I'm so inspired. And I'm like, cool, here's all the information I got. Because I want I want people to have that help, you know? I think it's right. Really yeah. I totally agree. I, I think that like my, my biggest piece of advice, and I think that this, this 
like that day that you were going to get your first like vial of testosterone, right? The biggest thing is the nerves at the beginning where you're questioning everything that I remember the, I remember that like it was yesterday, the nerves, everything that you were worried about, I was worried about as well. And being able to connect with another trans person who just gets it is so important. Not to say that allies aren't, aren't important as well, but being able to connect and have that, have that bond with another trans person is so important. Also know that if you were to ever go on testosterone and say that you say that you only have, um, you don't have any trans people or you don't have any non-binary people in your life, know that if the results that you're seeing from the testosterone don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for you. It's okay to stop. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to explain yourself to anyone about it, about why you stopped or why you, you didn't like the results or whatnot, because like you said a little bit ago, you, you never know. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's literally throwing it up in the air, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good piece of advice because I remember being so scared and telling you, you know, I'm worried that I'm not going to like my voice when it changes. I'm worried that it's going to make, you know, the fat distribution is going to be weird and I'm not going to like it. I'm worried that my hormones are going to be all over the place because I'm older and all of those things. And now I remember messaging you a few weeks ago saying this was by far after therapy, the best decision for my mental health I could have made. Like, yeah, we're right. Like I give less fucks. I'm like feeling more confident. Like all of those things are helping so much. Not just that's what a lot of people. Yeah. There's just, there's so many people out there that don't realize that it's not, it's not only about the physical attributes that come along with it, but it's also about the mental health (laughs) that comes along with it because it is, we were, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago where it's like, you wake up and you're just like, today's a new day. What? (laughs) And I'm excited about it. And I don't care about that thing that happened yesterday anymore. What? Yeah. 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 Well, I want to thank you for continually supporting me and being you're like this cheerleader over in Kentucky over there and I can like see you on the map and like raising your bourbon filled <laughs> fist like in the and I think that um everybody needs a cheerleader uh, a Marlo and AC cheerleader so thank you for that and um for your advice and um yeah for for doing this little chat on this segment I appreciate you yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, we are back again um, with my dear partner, my newest partner, Shai. We've been to, we will celebrate six months at the end of July. Um, Shai, do you want to introduce yourself and your pronouns? Um, yeah, my name is Shai. My pronouns are they, them. That's that. <laughs> Shai is trans. Shai has been out, I guess, seven years just about as non-binary um nine as gay wow Wow. Wow. that's kind of sticking it yeah (laughs) shy and i um met during quarantine which was so interesting dating Mm. somebody during quarantine (laughs) you know have you had your tests we can social distance date in the beginning um and you know i think when you met me i didn't have a lot of experience with 
partners that were able to show up for me in my journey of being queer and now my early stages of being trans, right? Mm -hmm. What was your first impression when you talked to me about, you know, I had just come out, you know, the year before as by gender. And so I remember you were very careful in your wording when we talked on text about, you were like, what is your experience of this? How do you feel about these words? Mm -hmm. And you were very intentional. Uh, Yeah, because I think words have different meanings to everybody, you know, and different people are comfortable with different terminology and that's fine. I think as trans people, it's just something that we roll with. Um, And so different words can be euphoric for different people, but also Mm -hmm. those same words can be very triggering. So I think that's important, especially in the early stages of trans dating. Um, And like a lot of it can come down to semantics, but I think it's easier it's better to be safe than sorry. Right. So you were very cautious in the beginning. I could tell just verbiage and conversations you were having with me. And I remember early on expressing to you that I had had some past relationships with both cisgendered people and trans people that were, that felt toxic around my exploration, Mm. felt a little bit like I was being um, judged, put in a box. And so How did you handle that information? Because I feel like you were incredibly supported very fast around that knowledge. Yeah, I think it's just because I know gatekeeping is a thing that people do to protect their own identities because somehow if, I think for some trans people, if they encounter other trans folks that don't express in the same way they do, um, it feels like it can invalidate their identity because it's about cis perception or Mm. like, worrying that well if you if I don't think you look trans enough then what's somebody else going to think of me at least like that's in my own experience where that tends to come from but I feel like everybody under has a better understanding of their their own gender experience than anyone outside of that could possibly understand and I think as a partner it's your job to just be present and listen and yeah, I mean, you can tell me whatever your identity is and I can roll with it any day because it doesn't change anything about you as a person. Mm, which is such a novel thought now <laughs> in our society. People say the opposite. Mm. And I had gone from dating someone, a cis female. Um, I had a trans non-binary partner and then, you know, my longtime partner, Ryan, who's a cis male. So I didn't really have a lot of support in the trans community and in trans relationships, Mm -hmm. or I hadn't felt anything that felt productive and um, like I was growing within those spaces. Did you figure out quickly how you were going to need to show up for me? Um, Yeah, I would say so just because it's what I would want in any relationship. I feel like that's what I did for you. Just being open and generally supportive because I feel like support is so general like you just it just seems like it could be so easy you know right right it's just a matter of listening at the end of the day and validation I I remember when I decided to start tea um, and you and I were talking and I remember being so fearful so much fear around being with a trans person and starting tea and that part of me changing part of me changing, whatever that may be, because at that moment I didn't know what testosterone was going to do for me. 
And I was so scared of you not liking those changes and not wanting to stick around. Do you remember what you told me? Something along the lines of being trans isn't about playing dress up. Yeah. You know, it's about you living authentically in your own vessel, in your own meat suit. And that affects me not at all right. in terms of my attraction. And honestly, I, I think that I am personally much more into trans people than I am cis people just because it, it just I'm so attracted to gender nonconformity in any capacity. So I think if anything, I felt closer to you. Mm. Yeah, I feel like all of a sudden I was given this because I had all these fears. I was like, oh, they're not going to like my voice change. They're not going to like my body changes. They're not going to like any of this. What's this is not what they this is not what they saw on Tinder, <laughs> you know, and I was so worried. And um, you were you calmed to those fears so quickly. And I remember having so many open ended statements around. I don't know if I, I don't think I'll ever get surgery. I just mm -hmm. don't think that's for me. And, you know, I might be a person that rocks a full beard, a full face of makeup and amazing cleavage. And how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. And I kept, I remember I kept throwing you things that were as um, non gender non-conforming as possible thinking, okay, now's their time. Now's their time for an out. Now's their time to take off. Now's their time to judge me. And you didn't, you just kept taking the pitches over and over. Just as a person, I'm very anti-binary. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like gender, as much as it isn't about playing dress up, it kind of could be fun in that way and experimental and like just figuring out how you want to be because none of it means anything. Your gender expression does not indicate your gender, period. So it's really just about how you want to decorate yourself. And I think... That's beautiful. I think, um, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I'm going <laughs> to. Um, one of our like third or fourth dates, I remember you, and, and you were very inspiring to me, gender fluidity wise in general and gender expression, because I felt so much of, so much uh, queerness and fluidity within the gender, all the gender spectrums with you. And it was fascinating to me. It was also inspiring because it's what I wanted. And I remember like our, maybe it was our fourth or fifth date. You came in a, in this cute dress and like fishnets. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hold on, hold on, wait. Okay. They are not afraid to go either way. They mm -hmm. are not, there's no fear. There's no judgment. There is, this is what I want to wear today. And this is how I fucking feel sexy and good. Like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that was so inspiring to me. It was also like, super cute. <laughs> I mean, I look good. But, <laughs> but it was like you in that moment inspired mm -hmm. me in a few ways. You were like, oh, they're, this is them living their true authentic self. But also you were not afraid to go extreme any other way because what really is that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was, I'm still in the binary in so many ways so I put that in a space for myself for that moment. But then I was like, I really love that. I really loved your, um, what's the word? Uh, abandonment of what anybody else thought, but you knew you looked amazing and that's yeah. all that fucking mattered. And I was like, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. You know, I think I'm still, I'm in that space where I'm trying to reconcile and having to explain to people when they question, how's testosterone growing? How's your process? 
they also feel the need to ask me if I'm getting sur surgeries. And I know you have very, I have very strong. strong opinions about that. I think that it's a really big problem to assume that trans people want to align with cis bodies. Like if you need to do that for your own personal experience, do that, please, I celebrate that. But especially cis people coming at trans people, like when's your surgery date? Like when are you gonna be changing your entire wardrobe? Right. It's just, it's not anybody's fucking business and you don't need surgery or hormones for that matter to be trans because there's a whole level of accessibility that like, especially we're both white trans people and we had a fairly easy time getting on hormones and that is not the story for everybody. Right. And I think to say that somebody needs to be on hormones to be trans is deeply problematic. Um, and I, I think that that comes from ignorance also, just like the assumption that trans people want to change their bodies or are somehow unhappy with their the way their bodies look or they have to be in order to be they trans. They have to be dysphoric in some way. I don't like the idea that trans people have to be in pain to be valid. Yeah, that's real. I might use that as a quote, just, <laughs> just letting you know. But I do feel like um, you you broke down a lot of those stigmas for me mm. when we met and we started. Also, I mean, the fact that we're two Capricorns, we're <laughs> able to have, I would say every time we spend time together, we have at least one really deep conversation about something around gender or sexuality or just life in mm -hmm. general. And so these conversations just kept breaking down things for me every time to the point where Finally, I was like, oh, this is actually what I need for me. This mm -hmm. is what I need to sustain myself. This is what I need for my well-being and my, like, to better my life. And I just remember, I remember going to Marlo, too, who's also in this segment, um, because Marlo was outside of my relationships. And I could go to Marlo and go, hey, I'm so worried that this is going to fuck things up with Shy. Mm -hmm. I am so worried that my choices. And Marlo said something so sweet. He was like, if it mess, if it fucks it up, it's not meant to happen. Fucking a. And also, if they don't celebrate your choices, then they don't really understand you and what you need for yourself. And I wouldn't deserve access to you. Period. Like that's that's a great way of putting it. Like because I think, and we've talked about this. You know, you processing me being trans and me starting hormones is very different than Ryan processing me mm. being trans and me starting hormones. Ryan is my best friend. Ryan and I have been together so long, but Ryan is also a cis male. So we're going to talk to Ryan about his process as well. But I think that I needed someone that was in this space with me. I didn't realize I needed it until I found you, but needed somebody in that space that could really go, hey, this is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, you are free to do this. I'm not going to judge you if you do this. In fact, I'm going to love you more because I see you being yourself and being true to yourself and living your truth. And I feel like you kept giving me that information. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's exciting. It's so exciting seeing the ways people discover themselves, especially trans people, especially having the courage to step outside of the binary, like the cis binary and just do what you need to do for the sake of yourself.
Right. You were able to show up, especially around my testosterone, because I'm scared of needles, but not like I don't pass out. Mm -hmm. Like if I get shots or get my blood drawn, I just kind of don't look Mm -hmm. and then I'm fine. But with testosterone, you have to give yourself the shots. And I totally get it. It's scary. I couldn't give myself a shot for like the first six months. My partner did it for me. And so I loved that we're polyamorous. I think we've talked about this. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, My other partner. And then so it the fact that I could show up for you that way, it feels like paying it forward in the trans community. And that was dope. And I feel like you did that and you were very gentle. You were very thoughtful. You could tell when I was getting woozy that first time, just watching you, you were like, do you need to sit down? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. You should have been sitting down anyway. Just pro tip. Sit down for injections. Right. (laughs) Right. But I mean, no, that was just watching yours. I wasn't even... (laughs) But I think that um, you were very gentle and you were very thoughtful and you're also being, you're teaching me. So every time we do injections every week, they're like, I want you to draw the needle this time. I want you to do this part so you can feel it. And then once, (laughs) two weeks ago, they were like, I want you to do my shot for me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't think. And they were like, no, you can do it. But I hadn't practiced with the (laughs) plunger and the the actual, is that what it's called? Like the the syringe part. And so the pressure on it to push it was a lot harder than I thought. A lot of people may not know this who don't take it. Testosterone is really thick. It's a thick liquid. So you need a really big drawing needle and then you put, you have to replace it with a different injection needle. And so it's hard to push through. (laughs) So I, literally it was in their skin and then I realized how hard it was and so like the needle was shaking around and then you could see their eyes they were like okay you got this and I was like fuck 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 it's so fine and I was like it's coming I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't know how far I would have to push but I got better the second one I did was better yeah, that was great um but also it's like um at some point I need to learn to do it myself but mm-hmm. Marlo two years First whole first year would go into the doctor's office to get it done. It's real. Like, that's why it's available. And I think that's important for people to know, too. If they're nervous about needles wanting to go on hormones, you can always go to the doctor's office. And aren't there, like, topical options and stuff, too? Oh, yeah. There are lots of options. I think there's, like, a gel. Yeah. Um, I, there might be a patch. I, yeah. I could be making Yeah, no, I've seen both. Okay. Yeah, it's wild. But, you know, what did you... what? you know, you and your partner, just like Ryan and I have been together, your other partner have been together a while. Mm -hmm. What happened? What did you learn from that relationship that you were able to bring to me? Because, or even just pay it forward, like, Mm -hmm. like the shots, I feel like, I feel like not all trans people in relationships, polyamorous specifically, are able to carry that over and really Mm -hmm. learn from those. You've got to have some emotional maturity for that. And I feel like you were able to kind of go, oh, I know this. I'll help you. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we've both always been pretty genderqueer outside the binary. I mean, that's just kind of how we look at the world, I would say. And so that's my personal philosophy. That's my other partner's personal philosophy. And so I think just not gendering people in general and just assuming... I, I'm one. Of, I'm definitely one of those people. I just assume everyone is trans and, until I've proven cis. Right. Um, because I think that trans can look like anything. You know what I mean? And I know that's kind of a contentious topic. I really feel like trans is identifying just outside of whatever you were assigned at birth. Right. Personally. Um, and so I feel like it's about the openness and about granting people the freedom to tell you for themselves and just not 
placing assumptions or expectations or any kind of gender role on somebody based on what their appearance is or what their outlook on life is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You were good at that. Like you were good at, at, at giving me so much freedom of expression, but also opinions when I would say something, cause I, I definitely put myself way more in the binary when we first started dating. Yeah. And I was like, you know, masculine and feminine. I remember that yeah. specifically, you were really into masculine and feminine energy being opposites. And I was like, I don't think they're opposites. I think they can exist in tandem and dance together. But can I, can I tell you that the way that you approached that with me, because I've been told that before in other relationships, but mm-hmm. it wasn't done in a constructive, loving way. Mm-hmm. It was done in, you got to get out of the binary or you got to do this. You got to do that. And you were very, that's definitely how I felt, <laughs> but you, you handled it in a way that you knew that I wasn't there yet or that I was still talking about those things. And you were very like, talk to me more about this. Explain what masculine and feminine is to you. Mm-hmm. And you made me come up with words. And then in that process, I realized, Oh, maybe it's not a thing. Maybe it's a feeling. Maybe it's a feeling that doesn't necessarily need a word like that because, you know, I was even able to break down to you like, well, my masculine side is actually very soft and very like sweet and loving. And so that doesn't really, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you have a patience about you that you were able to phrase things. So I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel attacked. I didn't feel like because you have been, so how you've been on testosterone for how long? (sighs) I think nine months now, not very long. But I, you, yeah. long enough that long enough. you knew what I was going through immediately. Totally. And I mean, I've been out as non-binary for, we talked seven years. Yeah. Like it's, it's just kind of my understanding of the world in my adult life. Right. I think. At no, at no point did I ever feel like you were telling me something because you knew more than me. Does that make sense? Right. Because it's a learning curve and I had the privilege of kind of growing up in the internet while everybody else my age was figuring these things out right um you know shout out to tumblr like that's how <laughs> Real. i learned i was gay like i learned what trans was i learned what cis meant not everybody has that and i got to fuck up early on on the internet you know i think everybody's gonna fuck up with it at some point and it doesn't make it like okay to hurt somebody but like it is okay to learn from that right right what would you tell people let's say there's somebody else that's poly or somebody else that has a relationship where maybe their partner or significant other or somebody that they've met they can tell is struggling or questioning their gender like what is the best way for a partner to show up i think ultimately to start from a space of knowing that it doesn't Changing a gender presentation doesn't fundamentally change who that person is at all in any capacity. They're the same person. I really resent the idea that I think a lot of like traditional cis people, I would, in a word, um, would say like, oh, this version of you is dying or like. Right. And that's so sad to me. Like no, that person is still there. They still exist. They're living and thriving. Their presentation has just changed. <laughs> Yeah, I think people, I've had people say, so are you mourning your former self? I'm like, but it's still me. Like how many versions of myself have I had to mourn that have nothing to do with my gender? That part. Yeah, that's real. That's real. And nobody gives a shit about that. (laughs) Right. No. And how many times have we all had 
evolutions of ourselves and, and rebirths and you have to be able to celebrate somebody's growth and stumbles and because it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Exactly. I think being trans is another layer, but that is just a very basic relationship thing to deal with. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for talking to me today. (laughs) Thank you for being part of this. And thank you for being so supportive because I think the early months of this trans journey have been a little scary in many ways for me. And um, you've been, I would say you've been um, the number one support right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for having me. I haven't had someone else on, you and Ryan are both going to do your podcast episodes this way. I know, so it's so funny. It's so you funny. have to share your mic <laughs> and the screen. <laughs> okay and we are back with the last segment in this episode with and last but very not least with my longtime partner ryan thanks for being here i wasn't sure if you'd say yes or no to this honestly why Uh, because we've been together the longest and honestly part of me was like he's known me the longest like that's that's the most vulnerable person to was part of you hoping I would say no? No. <laughs> no, but I think there's it's a dual thing. It's like I want people to hear your perspective as a longtime partner, as somebody who's known me my whole adult life, as someone who's a cis male, and as someone who removes themselves from social media. When did you really get off social media? Um, Facebook was the first to go, probably not surprising for most people our age. Um, um, and that was probably almost four or five years now, something like that. Right. I, I don't know for sure, but yeah. Facebook, and then after Facebook, I held on to uh, Twitter for a short while and then Twitter got crazy. And then I was like, well, let me just keep the Instagram account so I can post pictures. And it was the, the last of a creative outlet uh, for me. And then um, yeah, that had to go too. not for, not for the same reasons that Facebook and, uh, and Twitter had to go. It's not that I, I was lashing out or feeling like it was um, harmful, but uh, it, it was just a complete and total separation from an online presence. Yeah. And so this is really, I know there are going to be a lot of people interested in hearing your voice because they haven't heard or seen from you in a while. I've even gotten questions. Rick and I get questions. We've talked yeah, about is, that. Yeah. Is he even around anymore? Is he alive? Yeah, Did I kill you? Somebody <laughs> asked if I killed you. Um, no. Yeah, that's too much comic book uh, reference. <laughs> I think people uh, started to, to you know, read too much into that whole thing. No, I'm still very much alive and mostly well. Well, <laughs> this episode is about my gender journey. And, you know, I think, um, did you, I know you saw me express my gender and change my gender expression. But as we know, gender expression and gender identity are different. And when did you realize it was more than expression? Because I think that I was the most worried to talk to you about it. But now that I'm realizing, I'm looking back at my trajectory, I don't think there's much of a timeline as I thought there was. Even talking to our friend Dea, Dea was like, I think you were more androgynous than you gave yourself credit for. Yeah. So, I I mean, the answer to the question really is, uh, I, I think, I realized it before you did. I realized it before it was an expression. I realized it was more than an expression before it was even 
and expression, what you refer to as uh, mask uh, presenting or mask facing. Um, I, I mean, those tendencies and those characteristics were there uh, when you and I first met. Um, I don't know how much you uh, talked about like your, your relationships before you and I got married. Um, but I mean, I, I knew about those relationships. And so like, it never really came as a surprise to me um, when you started to become more comfortable in your expression uh, about your sexuality, not mm-hmm. just about uh, uh, gender. Um, and I guess we are making a distinction between those two things about your sexuality and yeah. your gender exploration. But I mean, obviously I knew that you were not just a uh, heterosexual uh, cis person, pers- even, even when you identified as a cis female, right. uh, I knew that you weren't, you know, I, I, I knew that you had uh, non-heterosexual uh, 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 interest. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, again, like none of it came as a complete and total surprise. Yeah. I, that shocked me and I'm glad. Um, Cause I think when you are pondering it over in your head and you're scared to tell people or worried, um, you think nobody's going to get it. I think that's the common. Well, yeah. You're dealing with your own insecurities and your, your own, I mean, just like I've had to deal with my own insecurities about, and, and I think we're going to get into the yeah. whole expectations thing or like, you know, what it means to be a, a, a supportive uh, cisgendered uh, male partner right. in, in this whole dynamic. But um, yeah, I, I, I have to deal with my own insecurities about what I, I can or what I, what I could or could not uh, give you that, that you needed. Right. How did, how did you feel like you, needed to show up and how did you end up deciding how to show up for me with this? Um, I, I mean, we've always had a, a rule that, uh, you know, that we don't necessarily conform to societal expectations that we won't let, uh, you know, societal expectations define our relationship or even our marriage. Like, right. I mean, even though we had a, somewhat traditional marriage, um, the understanding was always that, you know, it, it didn't have to be limited to uh, certain confines. It didn't have to be, um, you know, what people told us or even institutions told us it would be. And when, even when we felt like the, uh, or especially when we felt like the, the Baha'i faith, um, yeah, like we didn't really fit there or there was some, uh, restrictions or impositions or expectations there, then we didn't just decide to be inactive. Like right. we didn't just stop going to Baha'i gatherings and firesides and uh, Sunday classes. We resigned from the faith. Yeah, we like we left. Yeah. And, you know, that that's always been our ethos uh, or, or our, modus operandi was just like okay we make our own rules and 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 so yeah some people might even wonder well why did you even get married you know or why stay married Mm -hmm. um and i in my mind i mean there 
there are certain benefits, okay, and, and specifically, not just in general, not in, I say this to, 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 just to be clear that I'm not encouraging um, other people to do what we've done. I'm just right. explaining why we've made these choices. And um, specifically because of like my health issues or whatever, and like the amount of times I've been in the hospital, right. like nobody has spent more time in the hospital with me than you have. Mm. And I mean, my mom, you know, God bless her. And, and I'm so grateful for all the times that she's like, gotten on a plane and right. come to, you know, to be there for us, but like emergency room visits or even the times uh, when I've had surgery and had to have like extended stays in the hospital. Like, I mean, you've spent a lot of time with me in the hospital and that's, that's not as easy for non-married people to do, right. even if they are life partners right. or so anyway, yeah, that, that, that has always been important to me um, because it's always just a, a, a reality that we have to deal with. And I want to do the same for you too. Like, I mean, um, you know, if you, if you are hospitalized, I, I want to uh, have that privilege, you know, the benefit of being able to be there for right. you and, and not have it like, well, you know, you're not married or right. you're just partners. Or, right. And so showing up for me in this way, as far as my gender journey and these decisions that I've been making coming out as by gender, starting testosterone, how did you, I mean, how did you separate maybe feelings that came up for yourself and being able to support me and being able to show up? I, I, I tried to compartmentalize my insecurities and my concerns and my issues as my own um, and not project those onto you or... Um, not not ask you for an explanation um, right. to try and uh, in, in some way like uh, make me feel better about right. the process right right you know, right like, uh, it, it the things that were about that are about me uh, or were about me are about me and right. like those are the things that I need to address with you the things that are about us um, we we talk about and we've talked through. So uh, it it's really about not being selfish, not acting selfish, not feeling selfless or self-conscious about uh, a partner's decision as significant or impactful as this one. I recently came to your new work and you introduced me to some of your coworkers and I kind of questioned mm -hmm. after afterwards, I. It, we were at your home and I was like, so how did, what did you tell them? And you explained that you explained my gender journey, my pronouns, the, all of that. I'm not sure you understand how important and how much it meant to me that you took the time to spend that emotional labor in my like benefit to my benefit. Like it, it means a lot when somebody that you love goes through the effort that emotional labor for you that has nothing to do with them. Does that make sense? Sure. And, and the reasoning behind it is multifaceted. I mean, it's, it's, it's in a way for my benefit as well. I try to stay ahead of the question. Mm. Um, you know, why do you live separately? Um, when you refer to a partner, um, when, a, when, when somebody like me mm. uh, says yeah. the word partner, uh, a lot of people just assume I mean uh, that I'm in a, a homosexual relationship right, and I'm right. talking about a, a, a male partner. Right. 
Um, and so I, I do like to clarify or like, sometimes I, I do overshare and that's just by nature anyway, but <laughs> same. Um, so. and that's, it's not because I don't want people to think that I'm gay. It's right. just because like when you show up and I don't mean show up in the supportive sense, but right. I mean, when you show up at my work, because right. like, that's going to happen a lot. Right. Then I want them to, to already know who you are, what our relationship is. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was the reason for that. But then also, I think it's important to say, because I'm proud, like, mm. I'm, I'm definitely proud of uh, your journey and uh, like the way that you're navigating this whole thing. So I, I kind of like to share that. I love how we say sweet things to each other only on a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I'm like, well, you are. So how does, how did the, I've only, I'm just joking. I know. How, how does, um, how did the changes that have happened already, how have they affected you and how are the possible changes in the future? How are you feeling about those? Have things come up that you're like, oh shit, like my voice is changing. Like, I know you think it is. I wonder <laughs> how many people, <laughs> uh, how many listeners in your podcast listen, have given you that feedback. Listen, listen, I, had to, I re-recorded my intro and outro and they sound different. To you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that. at some point, my voice is going to change more extremely like and or facial mm -hmm. hair you know my 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 face nino's here my face will look different things will change yeah. does that worry you because I, i'll have to i have to tell you like my fear i've had a lot of fears around it there's a lot of fears that go into making this decision but um and and i don't think anybody was more scared than i was but it, a month and a half in i'm feeling so good and so confident it's giving me so much energy um, and I'm feeling good about the changes so far. Um, but that had to bring up things for you as a cis male. Yeah, again, just like, I mean, the, uh, I'm trying to gauge it all and like a, you know, assign it a, a level of severity. And like, those things are kind of minor things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know that you'll never be able to grow a beard as fierce as mine. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not feeling insecure about that at all. <laughs> like I definitely got the beard. Challenge <laughs> accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I have all that Italian blood. So yeah, 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 there's a little, there's a little under beard starting. I'm going to show you when we're done recording. Um, yeah, so what are you do about all that back here. Okay. Like, true, 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 true. Well, about. I mean, I have shaved many a backs for you. So it's my beard. I know. So what, you know, as a cis male, your support in this out of everyone I have interviewed, your support out of everyone I've interviewed is the most important because the cis males in the patriarchy and society and the government are the ones making the decisions that are risking trans lives every day. And so your support is such an example in the community as a someone who is in a very misogynistic you know, line of work as, uh, as far as the music industry goes. Um, and so your support is so much bigger to me than everyone else's as far as impact. Um, do you have advice for people that might be in a relationship with someone who has decided to become that they are non-binary or finding out something about their gender, having surgery, starting testosterone or other hormones? And um, yeah, do you have advice on how they can show up better? Uh, well, communicate like definitely keep lines of communication open and you know don't 
don't be afraid to ask each other questions or like, you know, like to, and, and to get deep too. Mm. Um, but also spend some time like inside, like definitely ask yourself some tough questions before you complicate matters by uh, making it a dialogue. So, um, but yeah, to, to the idea about like legislation and, and politics and all that kind of stuff, like, I mean, it's one thing to just be supportive as a partner, um, but I, I think collectively, societally, as a as a community, like we definitely need to uh, push harder, like in terms of like uh, regressive legislation, um, in so many ways. Um, and representation is important, but representation is not enough. Um, and so, yeah, like. There are some measures of progress, and uh, and those shouldn't be uh, undervalued, but they also should not be overvalued. Right. So there is still much work to be done. Yes, start at home, but don't let it end there. Um, if 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 you feel like that's your your calling, like I'm definitely not trying to get somebody to be out in the streets who. Um, you know, is still kind of conflicted or unsure about where they stand on the whole thing. Like, if you're not ready to rally for this thing, then like, don't. Um, But, but if you are, then stand up, you know, and and make some noise and and get loud because we don't, we don't have as much time as, as we think we have. Right. And, you know, I'm white. And so I have a lot of privilege around getting testosterone and having all of these things um, available to me. And that's not the case for black and brown trans people, especially black and brown trans women. And um, if, if I can use my voice and platform in any way to give people tools to be a better support, I want to be able to do that. I also I just want to end this with um these, I, I don't think I had more fear I, I, to tell people that I wanted to start testosterone and really come out. I was so scared to tell you and Maddie more than anyone. And when I sat down with Maddie, um, she told me, she was like, why were you scared out of everyone? And I think the fear is that the changes that are so important to me that are going to make me feel more confident and more myself, that you're not going to find them beautiful, attractive, or handsome or any of that and yeah i think it's about acceptance and yeah i mean it i think it stands to reason that your biggest fear would uh, would be not being accepted by the people that you love the most because like it's easy to be accepted by an online community that you don't have a lot of interaction with or right. people who show up as fans um you know of your work or of your writing or of your persona right um like that kind of love is easy right. and it's, it's, it's cheap, yeah. you know, and that's not, that's not to be offensive to, to anybody on any level, but um, yeah, it's, it's a lot, it means something greater to be accepted by the people that, that love you and you love the most. And so yeah, I totally get the, the fear and the trepidation and the apprehension. Um, but yeah, I mean, Maddie's right. You know, you never had anything to worry about. But I think it caused me to be very tentative when I talked to you. And so I kind of like mentioned things here and there and I didn't sit down and have a conversation. So then finally it was like, so pronouns. So are we going to talk about this? And it was like, oh, yeah, that's hard. So 
But I mean, to be honest, we still haven't. Like, uh, we really haven't like sat down and just been like, okay, here's the conversation. Here's here are the things that I want. It's right. been an it's been an evolution. Right. And um, like, I, I can't speak for Maddie, but like, I think we just kind of picked up on the fact that you know you you had preferred pronouns, and right. so when listening to somebody speak, and maybe that's another key point of advice, is like just watch for the clues, you know, like sometimes the, sometimes the conversation and the dialogue is difficult to have. So pay attention to the clues. And like when a person starts using different pronouns for themselves in casual conversation or, you know, with non-family members, then maybe that's an indication that they want you to use different pronouns too, but they don't really know how to come to you and ask you to call them something differently. Right. Different. Um, um, so that's important too. It's like, you know, like, you know, to your point, like you're saying it, it, it was difficult for you to broach the subject. And so for, for me to make it easier, like sometimes you just, you know, you just anticipate, right? right. Like that's what partners do is to try to anticipate each other's needs and wants. And so, yeah, it's just about paying attention and picking up on the clues and then, you know, not making it difficult. Like, why do you want to change your pronouns? Right. Or like, why do you want to do this? Or why do you want to grow a beard? Which I've I've been asked those those questions before by friends. And I'm like, well, why do you want to ask? But, you know, the first time I heard you use my pronouns was with your mom on the phone. Yeah. And I remember being there going, and I like caught my breath and I didn't say anything. And I kind of Mm-hmm. smiled a little bit and it made me feel really good and i think we don't realize how important that is when 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 someone feels that for the first time and i felt that and went oh mm-hmm. that's that feeling yeah and i think it's also important to let others uh, grow at their own pace yes um you know not to shame people or to to force them to use different pronouns i mean use your discretion like there are times when people need to be corrected yeah but there are also times when um, you can tell that people are, are just slowly adapting yeah. to a, a cultural shift. Yeah, I got a birthday card from your mom last year that said, mm-hmm. um, yeah, happy birthday to my daughter-in-law. And then inside she said, I know that you are using different pronouns, but I couldn't find a card. And right. bless her sweetheart, that meant so much to me because... It's an indication it, that, yeah, they're, right. they're, uh, that people are open to change. Yes. Um, She's trying. Yeah, but it's it's not like you can just wake up one. Not like everybody can just wake up the next morning and and be different. Right. So, right. yeah, it's, it's a process. Yeah, tolerance and acceptance. Thank you for doing this with me today. You're welcome. It was it was it was it meant a lot to me to have you close this episode. Save the best for last. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all of the episodes. I would love it if you joined our quickly growing online community. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at two underscores house of M where there's an amazing collective of people all connected at our joys and our pains in the hopes that no one in our circles ever feel alone again. If you have a suggestion for an upcoming episode or a guest you would like to hear, please let me know on the contact page of my website at www.maryangelaabea.com. And until next time, 
take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, when in doubt, wear a mask, wash your hands, use your throat chakra to fight for the rights of marginalized people everywhere, especially black, brown, and indigenous transgender people. Abolish the police, pay your fucking reparations, and do your part to fight the layers of white supremacist culture every minute you can. I will see you next time.